Hi, I'm Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast where it's all about Maryland. We have a no-holds-barred conversation featuring Maryland newsmakers and newsbreakers, journalists, reporters, politicos, politicians, policy wonks, prognosticators, political activists, organizers, community leaders, and so many more. Man, that's a lot of peace. Here on a Minor Detail Podcast, we get to the bottom of every story. We talk about news and politics in an open and honest format. And we find the minor details because every detail matters. You can follow us on the web at a aminordetailpodcast.com and aminordetail.com for the latest Maryland news and politics. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome to a Minor Detail Podcast. My name is, of course, it's Ryan Miner. And tonight I'm going to be talking to my city councilman, Ryan Spiegel. And Spiegel's on the line. Hey, Spiegel, go ahead and get your gloating over in the first uh, couple of minutes. I know you want to. All right. Uh, first of all, Ryan, let me say what a great first name you have. I think it's really uh, sharp. Uh, <laughs> it, it echoes well. Um, great to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, uh, I was born and raised in Baltimore. I am a Ravens fan. Um, so uh, you might have noticed the Ravens had, uh, yeah. you know, it was a nail-biter nail biter win against uh, Miami uh, this week. And I know uh, that your Steelers didn't fare quite as well. But in fairness, we were playing Miami, uh, and you guys uh, were, were uh, playing New England. So um, I don't think it's apples-to-apples comparison. Okay. Well, that's fair enough, and I – I, I'm I'm just waiting for the next couple of games and look, it's the first game out of the season. So I don't know, man. The Ravens look pretty good this weekend. The Steelers not not so hot. But um you know, I don't it's know. It's a long season, we'll, it just started. It's a long season and it just started. It is a long you're exactly right. Hey, councilman, thanks for coming on tonight. We'll keep this quick because I know that uh, you are a dad of two young kids, and I'm sure you're probably just aching to get to sleep. But I wanted to tell you, I don't know, are you following this? I'm, I'm, I'm on the um, outside of Maryland politics. I always love special elections because I get to follow it. I follow the tweets. And are you following this North Carolina special election in the third and the and the ninth? Have you been Have you been tuned into that? Yeah. I, I am just just because, like you, I'm a political junkie, and I read as oh, much yeah. of the news and commentary that's out there as I can. Um, I wouldn't say I've got any uh, special insight into the race, other than to know that the Democrats and the Creedy uh, got pretty close uh, last time around, uh, and uh, now with the, uh, I guess, removal of the uh, Republican candidate last time around after the problems with voter fraud issues. Uh, I'm not so sure how this uh, current Republican candidate is going to fare, but I guess uh, polls are closing or just closed in North Carolina this evening, and I don't know what any of the results uh, have started to show yet. Uh, so but I third, guess uh, – yeah, go ahead. The third district has gone to the Republican. That was a solidly Republican district, and as of 9 p.m., McCready's lead is down to 129 votes. The percentage is 49.8% to 49 Point seven percent, and it looks like I, 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 you know, I don't know what Mecklenburg County is. I, I love North Carolina politics, but I don't know what Mecklenburg County is going to turn up. However, it, it's just somebody named Dan is going to win. It's either going to be Dan Bishop, the Republican, or Dan <laughs> McCready. And I like yeah. you, Ryan. I love, I love politics. I love following these races. And with forty-six percent of the race. And it just looks like uh, it's going to be a nail biter. So I look for another <laughs> runoff election of some kind. It's going to be wow. it's going to be nail. wow. So you heard it here first, folks, on a minor detail. Another runoff <laughs> yeah. election is the prediction. Now That's I right. think it's worth mentioning, though, Trump won this district by something like twelve points. So if uh, this yeah, is was... a nail biter election, I wonder what kind of harbinger this may or may not be in a place like North Carolina in a district that Trump won by twelve points. A couple of years ago, uh, what that means for the presidential election? I think it certainly means a lot. And ha you know, even though that Trump doesn't believe that he is on the ballot, he said this the other day that 2018 was not an election 
about him. It was, in fact, everything to do with him, his party, and it's it's sort of hard to 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 mischaracterize that. But then again, the president does have a a tendency to um, let's just say not tell the truth. So um, well, I think you yeah. you and I share views about about our current president. <laughs> I, I think so. So, Councilman, let's talk first about MML. You were recently um, you were elevated to becoming the the president of the Maryland Municipal League. You've been on the you've been the legislative committee chair 2018, had an incredibly successful year during the history and they many of the towns they fought back uh, with local control, transportation funding. First, let's let's talk about what is MML. What what's its function in the state of Maryland and how does it work with our municipalities? Sure. And let me also say I appreciate the comments you've made in previous shows um, uh, reflecting your affinity for MML and also for the city of Gaithersburg, which I'm sure we'll talk a little more about on the show tonight. Um, But uh, the Maryland Municipal League is the association of all the cities and towns in Maryland. And our members are the mayors and city and town council members and commissioners and uh, the senior staff members like clerks and police chiefs of all the different cities and towns. There are 157 cities and towns throughout the state of Maryland. And we represent 1.5 million Marylanders who live in those cities and towns. And so our association provides training opportunities, networking opportunities, and support systems for those folks who are doing uh, the work of municipal government in these communities large and small all over the state. And one of the biggest uh, pieces of our mission is to be an advocate in Annapolis for cities and towns, which you already hinted at. Um, And as you mentioned, uh, before becoming the president-elect and then the president of the statewide league, I was the chair of the legislative committee, which is really one of the most influential committees in the league organizational structure because uh, they lead the charge for lobbying for and against uh, different pieces of legislation in Annapolis to ensure that municipalities are protected and that uh, the people who live in our municipalities are protected, that we get enough funding from the state for things we need, uh, that we prevent preemption of local control uh, when there are various power grab attempts, uh, and we've had a really, really good record of success. You might say we punch above our weight a little bit in Annapolis But we've worked really, really hard to foster relationships with state legislators and with the governor's office uh, and to be a voice that is trusted by those folks uh, and listened to. And uh, so we've been really proud of our success on a lot of different legislative fronts. Right. I'm going to give a shout out to our mutual friend, the executive director of MML, Scott Hancock. Scott is a dynamic guy. He's terrific. He has been the chief executive of, of the Maryland Municipal League since December of 95. I was 10 years old. <laughs> he's, he's been a, a city and town manager in Maryland and Maine and Rhode Island. And Scott has a big job. And managing mm-hmm. and training and using – dipping into the resources to help 157 of Maryland's municipalities – I think that's extraordinary, and that's and I want to I just want to commend all the MML staff. And by the way, incidentally, MML completely nonpartisan. They, they don't care Republicans, right. Democrats. In fact, you know, uh, I, the more MML members that I speak to, Ryan, I hear people say, "Hey, listen, these municipal elections, really, all of them should be nonpartisan." And you know, Ryan, you and I were talking about this. I think there's only one or two Maryland municipalities that are. That run partisan elections, and Frederick City is still one of them, and I believe there's one other. I think there's, it's there's a few, but there, but, there, but there aren't many. I think it's closer to four or five. There's Baltimore, uh, there's Annapolis, um, hmm. and there's one other. I want to say Bowie, but I'm not 100% sure about that. I think I think uh, you yeah, might you, be right. You're, you're absolutely correct. One of the great strengths of our organization is that we're nonpartisan, and we're nonpartisan uh, as a reflection of the fact that 150 plus of the 157 member municipalities 
conduct their elections for their mayor and council or commission positions um, in a nonpartisan way with no primaries, as we do mm -hmm. here in Gaithersburg. And what it does is I think it helps cut through a lot of the partisanship and the rancor that you see at other levels of government and in other states where they do have partisan municipal races and allows reasonable, pragmatic consensus building uh, at the level of government that we all know is closest to the people so that we can sit around the table and just solve the darn problems instead of worrying about posturing and scoring points and following, yeah. you know, whatever talking points or, um, you know, whatever memos or instructions are coming down from on high from some political party. Now, look, I have my political leanings and I consider myself a pretty good uh, uh, loyalist to uh, the party that I um, affiliate with, but not blindly. And sometimes I move to the center on things and sometimes I disagree with my party. And I feel like that's okay. And that's a spirit of compromise and independent thinking uh, that's really in danger these days. Uh, and I'm really proud of the fact that all of these municipalities, with the exception of just a few, um, celebrate that by not having uh, partisan races, and even the few that do have partisan races. At the end of the day, those folks have to fill potholes, they have to fix street lamps, they have to plow snow, they have to make sure that police services are adequate. The basic bread and butter stuff that makes municipalities run and keeps communities safe and healthy and together. And, you know, partisanship just kind of fades into the background when you're dealing with those kinds of issues, which is what I love about municipal government and why I think at least one of the reasons why we're well respected in Annapolis on both sides of the aisle, uh, because we talk to that language of the pragmatic problem solving and what communities really need. Um, let me also say that your shout out to Scott is totally warranted. Scott Hancock, a treasure of the Maryland Municipal League and um, just uh, throughout the state of Maryland, uh, known, beloved, respected by many, many folks and many organizations. Uh, as president of the league, I probably am in touch with Scott a dozen times every day. <laughs> I'm texting him, we're calling each other, um, and uh, when I became president of the league, uh, I said to him, look, I know you've been working here for 25, 26 years, something like that. If you're even contemplating potential retirement sometime in the near future, I beg of you, please wait until after my term as president. Um, <laughs> but I also give him a hard time because, uh, you know, when I came into the presidency, I said to him, look, uh, I'm going to keep you pretty busy. You're already a busy guy, but I'm going to nag you and bug you all the time with ideas and uh, new things that I want to try. And he's just been an absolute great sport about it and really uh, supporting uh, some of the visions that I have uh, for the league this year. Okay. So – not only that, tell me, do you know all 157 of the of Maryland's municipal? Could you name them maybe in alphabetical order? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you're not going to test me here on the No, list. I'm not going to uh, do that. No, uh, but I can tell you a couple interesting facts about them. Um, first of all, obviously, they span the entire state geographically in terms of size, in terms of rural and urban. Um, I can tell you that on the eastern shore, there are 57 municipalities. I can tell you that in Montgomery County, there are um, 19 or 21, depending on how you count a couple special taxing districts. I can tell you that in Prince George's County, there are, I believe, 27 municipalities. And one wow. of the things that I think is interesting is that you and I live in one of the biggest municipalities in the state. Gaithersburg has about 70,000 people, um, around the same size as Frederick and Rockville. Um, but the average size of the municipalities in Maryland, the average size is 1,500 people. Yeah. So we have to remember that we're really talking about intimate communities where people know each other and where people understand each other's struggles and successes. And that's why, again, it's the level of government closest to the people, and we need to make sure we protect that. Um, and that, that is really what makes communities great and why we need to make sure that People don't muck it up in Annapolis or in Washington, D.C. Well, if you take a look at mdmunicipal.org, the website lists all one, a digital directory of all 157 
municipalities. And I was just scrolling through, Ryan, and what I have found that there's a little town – there's so many fascinating little tidbits about some of these towns. I, I, now, admittedly, I have not been to every single Maryland municipality. However, I do plan what? on trying to – I know. I know. <laughs> you know, here I am, Mr. Podcast of Maryland, a minor detail, and I, I'm going on the record tonight to admit that I have not been to every single municipality. But there's a couple of really neat places, and – I want to highlight uh, just a couple. I have I could I would be remiss if I did not mention Hagerstown, Maryland, my hometown. I'm a Where fourth you were or born, fifth, right? Yeah, born and raised, fourth or fifth generation Hagerstonian. It will always be my home. It will always be my home community. I love Hagerstown, the people, and it's a special place. It like any town or municipality, it has its own fair share of challenges, but they will they're they're continuing to to seek progress they are a a good bunch on the council and i i have faith that in they actually have they have an upcoming election in 2020 mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if you see a name like emily keller who's who could be running for mayor you may have heard her name before ryan but she's a close personal friend of mine somebody that i really strongly believe in and nonpartisan and just does the right things for the right reasons and uh, I'm very proud of her. Another one is up in Garrett County. And Ryan, you may have visited the town of Accident, but I don't know if you've ever had the chance to visit <laughs> Annie's Kitchen. There's a little – No, I um, haven't. Well, let me so. tell you. Annie's Kitchen, if you go up to Garrett County, it is undoubtedly, unquestionably, the best place in Garrett County to get breakfast. There's no other place. that It's one of those – Home-style places, similar to another municipality called Keatesville, Maryland, that has a little restaurant. It's in Washington County. Yes, I, I know I keep mentioning Washington County places, but um, Keatesville has the wow. Redbird. And look, y- y- we would also be remiss if we did not mention – if we went um, a little bit what west of here up to Poolsville, there's, there's a place called Bassett's that I sat down with a good mutual friend of ours, Councilman Andrew Friedson, another cool little restaurant. And by the way – Poolsville has the annual Poolsville Days coming up this Saturday, which is always yep. a fascinating um, little street festival that they hold that celebrates their community. But, but Ryan, I am looking through all these municipalities. It, it's just – it's incredible. It's incredible that well, there's – yeah. You're, you're doing my job for me, Ryan. I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean I think it's mm. great. Please keep keep highlighting all of the municipalities of Maryland and how great so, they are. I, um, we, I I actually attended a couple of years ago an, an MML um, a board uh, meeting and retreat up in Friendsville in Western yeah. Maryland. And now that I think about it, we may have it. passed through accident at some point. And I don't know if we stopped at Annie's Kitchen, but we we certainly uh, there was a cheese shop right across from a really lovely restaurant and we visited both the restaurant and the cheese shop had a great time it may have been Andy's kitchen I don't know um, and in terms of your hometown of Hagerstown uh, I'm pretty sure that this year I appointed some of the council members from Hagerstown to some MML committees uh, so that they could be well represented um, in the uh, in the efforts of, of, of the league um, Friendsville's mayor uh, Spence Schlossnagel uh, is uh, very active in the league as well. He's a former president as well, and I think he's uh, he's currently on the board now. Um, the uh, mayor of Keatesville, Ken Lord. Yep. Um, I actually I asked him uh, to either serve as a committee chair this year or to run for the board because I was so impressed with uh, some of his work uh, on some of the MML committees in the last couple of years, and uh, Ken ended up running for. The board of the statewide municipal league and won, and so he's now on the board with me as well. Uh, and the mayor of Poolsville, Jerry Klobukowski, uh, another good buddy of mine, uh, he is actually currently the president of the Montgomery County chapter of MML. So yes, we have great relationships, and I hear you talk about these towns that people um, in other parts of the state may not know about and that we want to encourage them to visit because they're charming and each of them has different amazing aspects. Um, but that's the beauty of MML. I've gotten to know a lot of these mayors and council members through committee work and through networking in the league. 
And every place that you've mentioned so far is a place that I've either been to or built a relationship with the leadership of, and it's just really wonderful. So before we move on to the Gaithersburg City Council and some of the work that you are doing there, I want to I want to touch on two two different two separate items. One is that I, I can't do this show as a Washington County native. I I have to put myself to the test, Ryan, to see if I can name every municipality in Washington <laughs> County. So I'm going to start um, from Hagers. So we have Hagerstown, and we have Williamsport, Maryland. Now, where I grew up in, in a little community called Halfway, it's unincorporated, but it's halfway between Hagerstown and Williamsport. And then, of course, you have Boonesboro, where my, my dad grew up, which is a great town if anybody has not visited. If you're listening, it's, it's a cool little place to visit um, in western Maryland, Boonesboro, Maryland. And then you have Clear Spring. You have Smithsburg, and you have a little place called Funkstown. You would blink if you missed it. It's right outside of Hagerstown, mm-hmm. and there was a famous Civil War battle, the Battle of Funkstown. And then mm-hmm. let's see. What am I missing? I know I'm missing a couple. That's terrible. Um, I am uh, – all my Washington County friends are like, come on, dude. Get this. Get it together. Well, well oh, Hancock. I, I wouldn't, forgot uh, Hancock. I would – Hancock, I wouldn't hold it against you if you went to the Maryland Municipal League website at mdmunicipal.org, where we list uh, all of the municipalities and links to uh, their municipal websites. Uh, And I think we break it down by counties or what we call chapters uh, that are loosely parallel to the counties uh, in Maryland so that you can see uh, which municipalities are in each county. I won't, so, I won't call that cheating if you want, if you want to look at the uh, website. <laughs> it, it would, and by the way, by the way, yeah, just a, a quick factoid about Funkstown. Uh, Funkstown, this is interesting because uh, this is a census year coming up, and I've yeah. asked that Municipal League focus a lot of our efforts on making sure that the people in Maryland's municipalities, large and small, are getting counted. Obviously, that affects our representation at the state and federal level. It affects the kind of funding that our municipalities get. We want everybody in Maryland to be counted, but in particular, as president of the league, I want every person in a Maryland municipality to really be counted. And I think a lot of people assume that places that are more urban or have a larger immigrant population are going to have more challenges, and they do have plenty of challenges, and we need to help them get counted. But Funkstown is a good example of the fact that um, sometimes the smaller, more rural municipalities have the lowest response rate on the federal census. Funkstown, I think, may be one of the lowest or the lowest municipality in Maryland uh, from the 2010 census. So we're going to be doing some interesting outreach programs to places like Funkstown to help them count their people uh, because it's in everybody's interest. Yeah. One other thing before we move on is that I I have to mention the the town of St. Michael's where I got married and where I got engaged and where I've spent some of the best moments of my my life with my wife. We we love St. Michael's. We visit it quite frequently. We also visit Tillman Island, which is a neat little place. Mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody to check out the uh, the island and take a weekend and disconnect from all technology and stay at one of the newest hotels there called the Widener. It just opened earlier this year, and my wife and I stayed in that hotel for our first wedding anniversary. Cool place. Yeah. And I, I love the shore. I, I tell Lynn Foxwell all the time that I'm eventually going to move probably to Easton or <laughs> maybe somewhere in between Easton and St. Michael's. Who knows? But Kim <laughs> and I are – one of these days are probably going to end up there or maybe – Cambridge or somewhere on the shore that we're nearby the water. We just love it down there. And but but Ryan, I'm sticking around for Gaithersburg for you know for the foreseeable at least, future. Please, at least for a few years, please. I mean, Gaithersburg is a great place. Very different than some of the communities on the shore, but they're both good for different reasons. And I think the last couple times I've seen you, Ryan, have all been <laughs> on the shore. Um, I, I know. saw you and your wife at at the Taws Festival in Crisfield. Crisfield is a municipality. I saw you in Ocean City for the Mako Conference. Ocean City, of course, a municipality, and yeah. uh, so it's been nice. It's been nice to spend time with you uh, on the Eastern Shore, 
And uh, I, I did see a post, I think, from you on social media that you had visited Talbot County recently and were thinking about one day moving there, but hopefully not too soon because we do like to have you here in Gaithersburg. We're proud to call you our own. No, well, thanks. No, I appreciate it. We've been in Gaithersburg now for a year. We moved in September 1st last year. That's when we uh, we got our house here, and we we really like it. We like our neighbors. We love our community. Judd Ashman, the mayor, is practically my next-door neighbor. In fact, if I stand on my back porch, if I, if I threw a, a rock long enough or if I was able to do so, I could probably hit his back porch, although I don't think Judd would appreciate that. But yeah, look, I was going to say, free, free tip. Don't, don't, uh, don't throw a rock at the mayor's house. But at the mayor's Judd office. Because yeah. That's, <laughs> well, and look, you know, I don't want the, uh, the city police rolling up and saying, hey, what's the deal? Um, and you know what? We moved here, and we found really the perfect spot. We're close by to virtually everything. Down the street from us is one of our mutually favorite restaurants in Gaithersburg, Quincy's. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. probably one of my, my – it's, it's a really just a, a cool place. It's like the mom-and-pop shop. They have live music on Saturday nights. And I'm not trying to make this a promotional podcast or a PR for Gaithersburg because they do a great job themselves. But um, where we live – we have beers and cheers right down the street. Great place. Mm-hmm. And some mm-hmm. just fantastic restaurants. We're, we're nearby all of the amenities. And um, look, I can't not mention Giamelli's Italian market. Yeah. If you haven't been visited, it's my favorite place uh, in Gaithersburg. I was literally there yesterday to get my usual roast beef sandwich. I know they've the uh, just recently in- – they recently installed a pizza oven, and I haven't tried the pizza yet, but their cannolis and their sandwiches mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing, and that place is just a gem. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad to hear you mention it, and uh, <laughs> I love Quincy's as well. I have a little bone to pick with you, though. I think maybe it's more of a bone to pick with Judd. Uh, Mayor Ooh. Ashman and I are very close close friends and confidants, um, and uh, over the years that we've served together, we came onto the city council together in 2007. Uh, we've gotten very close. Uh, we bounce a lot of ideas off each other. Um, and I, I couldn't help but notice that when you did your podcast with him, you guys got to sit in Quincy's and have drinks uh, in, instead of uh, me calling in from my uh, living room couch in my pajamas. So we'll have to get together soon for a drink at Quincy's. I will also uh, note that uh, this coming Saturday evening, Quincy's is doing a fundraiser for an awesome organization. Um, it's a nonprofit called Where Angels Play, um, and uh, they uh, go around the country and they build playgrounds in memory of children who have passed away. Um, huh. And you may recall the story of the uh, Gemmel family uh, who uh, don't actually live inside the limits of Gaithersburg, but they live very, very close. And a few years ago, there was a tragic plane crash where a small plane crashed into their home. Um, and killed yeah. uh, two of their young children um, yeah. and the mother. And where Angels Play is working together with the city of Gaithersburg to build a new tot lot playground right on the grounds of City Hall. They're going to be uh, building it with volunteers and with professionals this coming weekend. And Quincy's is doing a fundraiser to help raise money uh, to support the playground um, on Saturday night. So oh, don't be great. surprised if you see me there. If you see me there during the day helping to put a few things together or cut the ribbon on the playground, and if you see me at Quincy's in the evening having a couple beers to help raise funds for a good cause. Yeah, that's that's I, and I that's what a community that look that's what our community is all about. I, that's why I like living here. We there's there's such a it, there's such a great spirit, and and I'm glad you mentioned that, and I appreciate that, um, Ryan. Are you you're running for re-election this year? The the election is this fall. It's November. What what day is it? Fifth, November fifth, the Tuesday. Okay, and this this election, there's you don't have any opposition, right? I mean, the other two candidates. I think I heard they're going to run write-ins, but anyway, it, it's going to be you running for re-election. It'll be Rob Wu and Neil Harris. Um, so, Correct. am I missing anything? You're not missing anything there. Uh, I have run in, I think, six or seven elections in my professional political life. 
uh, including several for city council, one for delegate, one for county council. You could even count the election uh, statewide for president of MML, which was contested when I ran. I have never, ever had an, uh, a race that wasn't hotly contested, let alone nominally contested. So this is a new experience for me. And you're right, technically we still have the opportunity for write-in candidates and we don't want to take anything for granted. Um, but I'm sort of trying to wrap my head around what I'm supposed to be doing or not doing uh, on a year when uh, we don't seem to have uh, real competition. I think as elected officials, we like to think that maybe the reason we don't have competition is because everybody thinks we're doing a good job and nobody's ticked off at us <laughs> uh, or coming out of the woodwork to challenge us because they think things are pretty good in the city of Gaithersburg. Uh, but we take our job very seriously, as you know. Um, all of the folks on the council, even when we don't agree, um, are pretty serious folks, um, and we work well together. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we still hope people turn out. Uh, we, you know, we're concerned that when there isn't um, a hotly contested election or any contested election that people will just say, oh, there's no point in voting. But I think there is. I think the act of casting the ballot, uh, especially in today's world, you know, uh, exercising that democratic, small d, democratic right, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an act uh, that I think we need to undertake, an act of patriotism. And look, if people want to show up and bullet vote for one candidate or write in another candidate, that in and of itself is going to be a statement as to whether they think we're doing a good job or not, uh, or uh, whether they want us to change direction. Um, so I do hope people still come out and vote. We have uh, early voting uh, the weekend of October 27th. Uh, we have uh, absentee, no fault absentee balloting if people want to get an absentee ballot. And uh, for the first time this year, the city of Gaithersburg has uh, same-day registration as well. So even oh. if you're not sure if you're registered, you can still show up on the day of the election and vote. All right. So then you got you three council – of course, the mayor's not up until, what, another two years, I believe. What, two 20... years, that's right. Okay. So 2021. Are, are there going to be any forums? Maybe we should – maybe a minor detail should host a forum for you guys. We'll all get together and, and just do it live, and it'll be, you know, it'll be kind of fun. I don't know. What do you think about that? That would be would nice. You, you, how about, yeah, a, how I mean, about a beer summit? <laughs> beer summit? Yeah, we could do it. I mean, anywhere. We could pick a – look, we can pick a craft brewer and then invite the comptroller. I know he, he he's a big fan of <laughs> of craft beer in Maryland, so I, I don't necessarily think that yeah. would be a a bad thing. Um, yeah, and Gaithersburg so, and the Municipal League have both had very good relationships with the comptroller, so we'd love to do that. Um, I will tell you there's um, there's a community that you're probably familiar with because you, you're a Gaithersburg guy. There is a retirement community called Asbury Methodist Village, a very yes. large and beautiful uh, complex uh, with uh, different buildings uh, for retirees in the heart of Gaithersburg. And they have a Democratic club, and even though we're a nonpartisan race and we're nonpartisan candidates, Democratic club is just active in the community. Um, and they have invited us to a forum in October uh, that I, I assume most, if not all, the candidates will attend uh, to just uh, answer questions, talk a little bit about where the city is and what our vision is for the future. Other than that, I haven't heard of any official forums planned yet. Uh, the Kentlands community in Gaithersburg usually has some sort of forum for candidates, but I don't know if they're going to do it in a year where there, there's an uncontested race, but we'll see. But we're happy to... Mm meet and talk to anybody who wants to chat politics or chat about the city. So in a nutshell, Ryan, what do you think are the most important issues that will be on the ballot for you guys? Now, look, again, no, no real opposition here. However, when what are residents what, – what are on the minds of Gaithersburg ENs? I think that's what – is that the right affix? Uh, <laughs> Some people say, say Gaithersburgers, it? but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like the, the term Gaithersburgers, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I like. No, I like Gaithersburgians. Okay, I like that one. Let's go it with that. It just rolls I, off the tongue. It rolls right off yeah. the tongue. So, what are folks talking about? Look, you know, I could tell you a little bit about what is on our mind. Always public safety first and foremost. We're mm -hmm. not to say that yep. we have any issues, but look, that's it. It, it is in uh, on our minds. How do we? How do we have a safer community? How are yep. the how we're going to be more responsive with police, fire, and EMS, and 
to make sure that our tax dollars are working for us. And secondly, the fiscal concerns of every city resident that pays taxes that they, they, and, and, and then thirdly, I would say is just basic uh, municipal um, amenities. What, what's being offered, how is it working? And is the city of Gaithersburg responsive? But Ryan, when you hear from residents yourself, what are they talking about? What's their concerns? Is it development? Is it public schools? Is it transportation? Is it t- Interstate 270 still being a mess? And I know that's more of a county and state issue, but even still, it affects Gaithersburg residents because there's we have transportation, we have public transportation, there's there's a, there's a bus system, but but still, and oh, I'm lucky enough to live right next to the Mark Train, but then again, we're st- I still drive most of my time and I'm still stuck in traffic every day. Yep. Well, first of all, I think the items that you listed are sort of the fundamental bread and butter things that municipalities do. Public safety, of course, is the number one priority. Um, I know there are still challenges and issues. We're a growing city, um, but generally speaking, we're a pretty safe place when you look at the statistics. Uh, We're very proud of the fact that our police department has been growing, has been getting more diverse, um, has been undertaking certain kinds of modern uh, implementation of different policies like body-worn cameras, de-escalation training, and things like that, um, and reaching out to different diverse communities to make sure they're comfortable communicating with the police because they can't do their jobs unless diverse communities in one of the most diverse cities in America trust the police and can talk to the local police. So we've been really working on that, and I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. When it comes to fiscal responsibility, you already know, and I know you've spoken with Mayor Ashman on your show about this as well, we have no debt, which is almost unheard of for a municipality of our size in the region. Uh, We have the lowest property tax rate of any of the 20 largest municipalities in Maryland. Um, And we uh, are pay-as-you-go, which means that if we uh, undertake a big capital project like a new police station or a big new park. We save up the money first to pay for it, and then we build it, uh, which takes a lot of discipline in a political environment, uh, but uh, it has served us extremely well and helped us weather the Great Recession much better than a lot of other places. In terms of amenities, we have all kinds of wonderful parks and uh, miniature golf course and water park and um, you know, just uh, really lots of uh, beautiful places that draw people not only from inside the city, but from outside the city. We have cultural programs, free concerts, obviously the book festival, which I have to give a, a shout out oh, to yeah. or else Mayor Ashley's going to kill me. <laughs> and uh, we have our Oktoberfest coming up actually in just about a month, which is a wonderful big event in the Ketlands. That's a city, it's actually a city event. Um, so I think we're doing a good job on a lot of those bread and butter things. The things that I hear about the most from constituents, I think, really go back to um, how do we continue to grow and thrive with respect to economic development and job creation and vibrant mixed-use downtown areas while still managing to protect the quality of existing neighborhoods. It's that balancing act uh, that a good municipality will do in order to protect the quality of life for people who have come to appreciate, you know, maybe a more suburban quality in their neighborhood without throwing up uh, moratoriums or without being, uh, you know, sort of uh, gut reaction opposed to dense development um, because we have to balance our past and our future. And that's really the only way that I see municipalities succeeding in the long term. If you close yourself off and say, we're going to preserve everything about the way we were 50 years ago and not change at all, you know, you, you slowly wither away. Um, if you grow too fast and too undisciplined, uh, then you threaten the things that are good about your community. So it's that high wire act. And I feel like we've done a pretty good job. Uh, we are blessed with, an embarrassment of riches of economic development in Gaithersburg, as you know. We have downtown Crown. We have a renovated uh, Rio Washingtonian Center that we're cutting the ribbon on just this week. We have all kinds of new cool restaurants and shops. We have Kentlands in the process of being redeveloped and, and renovated. We have the Watkins Mill Town Center. 
uh, we're slowly making baby step progress on ultimate redevelopment of the Lake Forest Mall. Uh, we're seeing some activity in the redevelopment of the 355 corridor. Uh, so there's a lot of other places in the region and in the country that just don't have this kind of stuff going on. And they're struggling to keep people in their town or they're struggling to keep employers in their town. And we're very lucky, but I think it's not just luck. I think that we've had a kind of sustained long-term vision and strategy for attracting business, for being a place where we experiment with innovative, mixed-use, denser development. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I sort of think of Crown as Ketlands 2.0 uh, because Ketlands was uh, the cutting edge 25 years ago and Crown is kind of uh, the cutting edge today. And we're continuing to do that in places around the city. Our diversity is our great strength, obviously. Um, and we're growing at an extremely fast rate, which I think is a testament to the fact that people want to be here. But that balancing act where people are frustrated about traffic and frustrated about overcrowded schools and frustrated about a lack of affordable housing because our economy is doing so well and it's driving up housing prices, uh, you know, that is a, a challenge. And that's why I've also tried to focus a lot of my time on the council on uh, providing um, innovative ways to assist communities and people in need. Uh, I started the Bank on Gaithersburg program, which is a financial education and wellness program with a whole suite of different services to help uh, certain uh, communities and demographics within the city who may not be uh, as knowledgeable for a variety of reasons in how to build their credit score or how to uh, build up savings or how to avoid using a predatory lender to cash a paycheck. Uh, and we've been going out and teaching folks um, sort of how to, how to fish as opposed to just giving them a fish. And uh, we've helped hundreds, maybe thousands of people to get more financial stability. Um, we have a great community services division in the city of uh, a small group of employees, uh, staff uh, of the city government who work very closely with all the different nonprofit organizations to provide emergency housing assistance and food assistance and health care, mental health care and vocational training and all kinds of things, um, you know, after school programs, uh, student mentoring. And to me, when you have this embarrassment of riches of economic development, you also have a responsibility to help those in the community um, who may not necessarily be um, able to uh, enjoy uh, the fruits of all those riches uh, unless we reach out a hand and help them too. Yeah, right on. So I think that when residents ask you questions about what y'all are running on, and you pretty much laid it out, you enumerated the some specific issues. And like I said, I think we should get this minor detail thing going with, uh, you know, it would kind of be a fun uh, question and answer session where we all sit down, do a live podcast like we've done, I've done in the past, and we'll make it fun. Maybe we could do it at Quincy's. And they have an ample amount of space. See if we can set that up. That would be awesome. I would love to do that. And I got to tell you, Neil and Rob and I have a great kind of uh, banter with each other, which you may have seen <laughs> yeah. on display at various council meetings. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun when we get together. We we uh, we chide each other a little bit. We joke around a little bit. We give each other a hard time, but it's sort of all in good fun. And I think it would make for some great podcasting. <laughs> yeah, so, I think so too. Uh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that in the works. And Ryan, let's see. Anything else? Um, we talked about MML, Gaithersburg, and uh, we'll, maybe we could save some more policy discussions. But what I wanted to do tonight is just to invite you back on for what I think will be um, many future discussions, as, especially as the president of MML. You, you have an opportunity to really affect change. What I want to do is – have a more in-depth discussion on some of these municipality issues, especially during session coming up. That will be, yeah. I know that MML always takes legislative positions that they have their own mm -hmm. advocacy wing. It's, it's, it's vitally yeah. important when they go before the legislature, because look, the, the general assembly for many of these, uh, many of these municipalities, look, they're, they're, they're setting the, they're really the ones that are implementing their laws. Uh, you know, they have the, of course, they have jurisdiction, but they still need authority from the General Assembly. Most of them do. So, 
I think we I think we have I think we really could um, make this more of a series. This was tonight was just an introduction to bring you on for the first time. Talk a little bit about yourself and MML in general, and then the Gaithersburg election. Uh, so I, I'm I'm thinking that Ryan, you can I hope you you'll be a frequent guest as I I'd like to pick your brain on policy issues and in some of these municipalities and maybe you could do a uh, a quarterly update on MML as we move forward. Gosh, Ryan, I would love to do that. As you can tell, I'm quite passionate about this stuff, and I think sure. uh, I know I know you are as well. But I think what makes for a good local leader, uh, whether it's an elected leader or whether it's uh, someone who's holding us to account uh, by using uh, journalism and, and social media uh, is not just to be in the campaign mode all the time and just be talking the politics and the political tactics and strategy, but to be talking the policy and the governance. You have to be able to do both to be a good community leader and a good elected official. Right. Um, and I, I'd love to get into the weeds of policy. Uh, MML is in the process of setting our legislative priorities for the coming session, and we will finalize that uh, at our fall conference in Cambridge, which you mentioned earlier, uh, in uh, mid-October. And at that point, we will formally um, adopt you know, the two or three or four legislative priorities that we're going to be working on in the 2020 legislative session in Annapolis. And I would love to sit down with you again and, and give you some updates and just uh, talk and debate about uh, some of these priorities. Um, you talked about I-270 earlier, not necessarily being something that's in the purview of the city of Gaithersburg, but still a concern of our residents. That's a great example of something that through our state level advocacy and through our bully pulpit, if you will, uh, as municipal officials who represent lots of people, and through our partnership with MML, we can actually get on the radar screen of state leaders to make sure that we're getting the funding and the planning to help address traffic relief, um, even if it's not technically in our jurisdiction or our authority as something oh. that we can you know, create laws for. So, so it's, uh, I have a question. it's a great way to do that. Yeah. One question for you, and, and this might be on the minds of plenty of Gaithersburg residents and commuters, the 270 project – right before exit 11 that they're developing the mm -hmm. new overpass. Do you have any idea when that will be complete? Uh, I asked about that recently. I was very involved in <laughs> advocating as we've been talking about to get the state funding and to get that mm -hmm. uh, as a priority. Um, and uh, we worked with a couple of state legislators, uh, Kirill Resnick in particular, who was a great champion of that project who represents district 39 uh, and we worked with the governor's office, and we got it fully paid for by the state, by the way. Um, I have most recently heard that it'll probably be another year and a half or so. Okay. Well, that's a pain. I was expecting yeah, you to say maybe, I, it, maybe short, it would be a, a short-term pain. You know, it, it would have been a nice Christmas and Hanukkah present, present for us <laughs> if it were yeah. complete. But, hey, you know, we can – we can still wish that it were that. Um, let's see. One other issue that I wanted to ask you about. I, I, let me tell you also, uh, the governor came and, and he uh, broke ground uh, on that interchange uh, a couple of years ago um, in the city. We had a nice little groundbreaking ceremony. Um, but uh, I was joking recently with him that, gee, wouldn't it be nice? And this was before I knew I was running unopposed. Wouldn't it be nice if he could come and do a ribbon cutting if the project were complete? say, prior to the beginning of November of this year. <laughs> yeah. And that's, oh, I, think well. when I, I think that's when I was informed that it would not be ready by November of this year. <laughs> well, he'll still come back to Gaithersburg. He likes Judd. So, I mean, hell, Judd, Judd endorsed him back in the last election. Judd's a Democrat. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah. always when, when, the, when the mayor of one of Maryland's biggest cities comes out for – the Republican governor, that, that has to mean something. So, yep. oh. And I, I have a good working relationship with him as well. And the governor good. actually had dinner with me and Judd, uh, sort of a quiet dinner with me and Judd and a couple others uh, at the MML conference this summer. Judd was my plus one. <laughs> and oh, uh, um, it's, it's just been a great opportunity to build a relationship with the governor. He really has a lot of respect for our municipalities. Um, and so we're going to continue to work with him. And he, he really has a good relationship with MML. 
That's I, I get the sense that the governor and his team, the and the administration, they they put a lot of emphasis in highlighting the certain municipalities. Certainly, the governor has been to um, many of them, um, most of them, and as well as the comptroller. And look, we're lucky two two out of the three top statewide officials are located here in in Montgomery County. We of course we have. The, the comptroller, he's in Tacoma Park. Brian Frosch, our attorney general, is a uh, former state senator. He's out of Bethesda. I don't know where the governor mm-hmm. lives anymore. I think he's – I guess – I mean his <laughs> official residence, of course, is the, the government house in Annapolis. But I think his, he sold his house, and I think he's living down – I think he has a house in Ocean City somewhere. So that might mm-hmm. be his um, – that, that, that might be where he hangs his hat after – he gets out of the uh, the governor's mansion. Um, I don't know if you but, know this, Ryan, but he has he has some family in the city of Gaithersburg. I don't know if I'm at I, liberty to elaborate, but he has some family oh, in the city of Gaithersburg. The, well, I did not know that. That's interesting. That's interesting. I hope that they're my neighbors, um, so <laughs> I can pe- I, I can pester them about um, getting a message to the governor about some transportation issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust no. me, we're, we're also giving that message to the governor. If you need to pass it along, you can give it to us, but I'm sure the governor would be happy to talk to you directly. <laughs> that is that is funny. Um, well, I think we covered pretty much everything that we wanted to talk about tonight, and you say the election is November 5th. I encourage people mm-hmm. to get out there to vote, to please come out. Municipal elections are vitally important. I mean that's the whole – really, that's the entire topic of tonight is focusing on – local government, government that is closest to the people by the nature of how it was set up and the function of it. So we – Ryan, you're, you you can be reached at any time, and elected county – or rather elected city officials here, you're not representing certain territories. You ever represent all of Gaithersburg. So if anybody ever has a, a concern, a problem, an issue to address, be it with anything – I encourage them to reach out to you. That's why you're there. And meetings, job. For, yeah, meetings are Monday nights. They at seven o'clock. You guys meet over in Gaithersburg City Hall in in downtown. And one last thing, what's the deal with the convenience? They're, they're actually they're actually at seven thirty. Just to, oh, seven thirty. My my apologies. Uh, but they're uh, they're open to the public, and anyone can come speak about anything for up to three minutes. You don't have to sign up in advance. You can just show up on a Monday night, and we're happy uh, to have you there. You're absolutely right. We stream on YouTube, uh, and we're on uh, the cable channels as well through the PEG program. Uh, Your question about the convenience stores, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a proposal to build a Wawa on 355 across from Gaithersburg High School. Let's do it. Uh, that That proposal is pending so I think because it's a specific pending proposal, I don't know if I'm allowed to formally comment on it uh, while the matter is pending before the council and we have an open record. Um, but uh, I can tell you that I was a very frequent visitor to the College Park Wawa when I was an undergrad at the University of Maryland. My usual 2 a.m. order when the bars closed was a tuna sub, tuna hoagie, I should say. They call it a hoagie at Wawa. Uh, a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips and a bottle of chocolate milk. It's hard to believe there was ever a time in my life where I could eat all three of those things at two in the morning and be fine the next day. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was a big fan of Wawa. So uh, we'll see where this uh, deliberation goes. We've heard from a lot of people in the community. Some people have some concerns who live right near there. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have a balancing act to do where we are making sure that Gaithersburg is inviting good economic development into the city. It would be the first Wawa in all of Montgomery County. Uh, is that right? Would be an interesting, yeah, it would be an interesting statement. Um, there's also some early talk about a Royal Farms coming to apply to be built uh, in Gaithersburg as well, which would be the first Royal Farms in all of Montgomery County. Well, let's let's hope that they build a a Royal Farms, a Wawa, and a Sheets, all in a, a stone's throw of one another, and hopefully right down the street from where I am. I am a, I am a Sheets loyalist. I grew up with Sheets. There was a Sheets on virtually every corner of Hagerstown in Washington County. 
So you can't beat an MTO uh, at 3 a.m. when maybe you've had a couple of drinks and your, your, your stomach is growling and you go in and they, you, they can make you pretty much anything. And you can add as much meat and cheese as you want on an MTO. And I would just encourage the city of Gaithersburg to consider that and, if, and to perhaps reach out to Mr. Steve Sheets, who, by the way, he donates to Democrats. Um, there was, in <laughs> fact, I think there was the, I think there was the Sheets like the Sheets versus um, Royal Farms or some other convenience store that gave to a Republican, a Democrat, and it was, I don't know, it was something up in Pennsylvania. But that's, um, that, yeah. I mean, look, I think we, I, I, I strongly believe in in the convenience store wars of 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 the free market. So let let them all <laughs> come and. And, and set up shop and develop new jobs and opportunities for people and to and look Royal Farms great chicken um, I <laughs> we we love it so if there's anything you can do on that front uh, councilman I would be <laughs> eternally grateful but I am really grateful that you came on tonight on a Tuesday night I know you have young ones and I will I will get you off the bed um, Ryan thank you so much for for joining us tonight first time of many I hope. And I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to, to build a friendship and a relationship with you and the council. We saw, as you mentioned, we saw each other down in Ocean City several times throughout the MAKO conference. We had a blast. I had a lot of fun. And we, I met a lot of new people, talk, talked about policy, talked about issues, learned a lot about their own communities, their counties, who they represent. So let's um let's keep this conversation going and uh for anybody who's listening i think that um we'll we'll try to uh to break down some of these big issues and uh deliver it in a way that makes sense and easy to understand well thanks for the service that you provide uh to all your listeners and the public uh especially in today's day and age where we're seeing a lot of you know challenges with media coverage and opportunities for long form conversation about uh, important issues in the community yeah uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you. It's been a pleasure to be on your podcast today, and uh, you. I am looking forward to um, other opportunities to continue the conversation with you. So thanks for all you do. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Well, I'll catch up with you later, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks. You too, Ryan. All right. See you, buddy. Okay. Ryan Spiegel, Gaithersburg City Councilman, is the president of the Maryland Municipal League, MML. Big jobs. And look, I have Councilman Spiegel right down the street, right down the road from me. So he's going to be back on the show several times. We talked about that race, that North Carolina nine race. And I'm just checking Twitter right now. <laughs> and I think that pretty much Dan Bishop, the Republican, has now pulled away with the lead he's in. It was like 50.5% to McCready's 48.9. So it looks like that, yeah, I'm seeing that uh, Bishop is now the apparent winner in that race. Dan Bishop, the Republican from North Carolina's 9th Congressional District, is going to to win that race. Of course, they have provisional and absentee ballots to count, but – the margin does not look like it will be it, – it, I, I don't see how they're going to bring uh, the margin back down if I were the McCready. McCready, of course, the Democrat. So as a political junkie, on any election night, especially a special election night, I love following these election results and just can't wait till – I can't wait until the, the presidential election night. No, I'm just kidding. That will be – I'm sure another nail biter, and it doesn't look like any of the media is calling this election. But I just don't see how the Republican will the Republican will collapse to the Democrat. The Republican's lead is almost insurmountable now. So okay, he's probably going to be the uh, the next congressman from that controversial race that was uh, laden in. I guess, voter fraud and all kinds of bad stuff. So anyway, we'll end the show there. My name is Ryan Miner. You can find me on the web at aminerdetail.com. 
a minor detail podcast.com. Thank you everybody for listening. Council Spiegel, check them out. MML, check it out on the web. All right. Have a good one. You can subscribe to a minor detail podcast on iTunes, Castbox, Overcast, or any application where you listen to podcasts. Like a minor detail podcast on Facebook and follow the conversation on Twitter at AMD Podcast. If you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring a Minor Detail podcast, please reach out to me at ryan at a minor detail.com. Thanks so much for listening.